0: Hello everybody, my name is Lena, and I am a marketing executive here on Future Lawyers Toronto. And I'm super excited to be talking to Darlene today. Darlene is an entertainment lawyer and she is working at her own law firm, Interalia Law. In addition to working as a lawyer with big names like Universal Music Canada, she also is the co-host of an award-winning podcast called the Lawyer Life Podcast. So join me in welcoming Darlene today, and yeah, with that 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 we'll definitely get started. Hello, Darlene. Hello. How has your day been going? Did anything exciting happen?
1: yes a few exciting things I was drafting a contract most of the day so it takes you know a couple of hours and discussing with the client what should be in it what should it say what's the fun part and then just getting it done and then I always like doing stuff like this because I would have really enjoyed having the opportunity to do something like this when I was in political science as an undergrad student it just wasn't the way you had to go to someone's office and find them and it wasn't as easy back in the old days so yeah I'm happy to and if people have specific questions, I'm very happy to answer whatever anyone wants to talk about.
0: Yeah, we do have some questions ready. So our first question for you today is, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what it is you do?
1: So I am an entertainment and IP lawyer, but I mostly do music law, which I wouldn't have known was a thing when I was in undergrad. Effectively, what I do is I help uh, record labels, publishers, companies that want to use music. Um, I help them do contracts, secure intellectual property rights, and negotiate deals, make business decisions informed by the laws. That kind of thing, and I started my own firm in 2013 after being in-house counsel at Universal Music for eight years, and prior to that, working at a big law firm. But I'm uh, I'm from Alberta originally. Went to University of Calgary, political science, and then I did law school at University of Toronto, and I've stayed here ever since. That's me in a nutshell. And I have two kids and a husband.
0: Oh, well, yes. I hope. Yeah, like we were saying, um, maybe one day they will learn about the awesomeness of being a lawyer. One day. <laughs> One day they'll they'll realize how cool it is to draft contracts, I'm sure. Yeah, they're
1: not so up on it yet, but they'll get there. I feel confident. I agree with you. One day.
0: Awesome. Definitely one day. So yeah, you did mention that you work as an entertainment lawyer and as a student, you know, like that's trying to get into law as well. We always tend to hear more about criminal and corporate law. So I was kind of wondering, like, could you elaborate a bit more on what prompted you to work in entertainment law and how'd you end up there?
1: Well, I started at a corporate law firm doing corporate law and it was just sort of what you did when you left law school. And then after a couple of years there, I realized that I would just be better at what I was doing if I really enjoyed the nature of the work. Because the law is the law, but some areas of law are quite uninteresting. So I think when you go into law school, you have to consider the fact that there are so many things that you could do. So if, you know, there are people who enjoy insurance law, for example, or personal injury law, you know, things that aren't interesting to me, but are interesting to some, like tax law, or are so many different things that you can do and so for me I just knew that I would be better at my job if I enjoyed what the subject matter was so when I went into the music industry I thought oh great I know a lot about music I'm a huge music fan to this day and I had grown up being a music fan so to me it was just like oh that's a job I had no idea that it was a job as a music lawyer and then when I got into it I realized that here in Toronto anyway there's a whole career in that and a whole bunch of business that turns on music law and so I enjoy the work that I do and if I didn't enjoy the industry so much, I probably wouldn't enjoy the law as much. So I think for anybody getting into it, just consider all of the different options and try not to get too pigeonholed into criminal or corporate just because that's the only law you know, which was the same for me when I started.
0: Right. That's super great advice. And definitely, I hope everyone watching really takes that into consideration because yeah, like you mentioned, there are so many different facets that you can kind of get into when it comes to law. And just because we're not taught all of them, doesn't mean they don't exist. And it's definitely a great idea to like get out there. And that's kind of one of our goals here on Future Lawyers Toronto is to kind of bring to light all the different types of law that you can get into. A follow-up question to that is you kind of talked a little bit about what the job entails with like contract law, but could you tell us a little bit more about what it is like to work as an entertainment lawyer and what the day-to-day entails?
1: So first, entertainment can be a lot of things. There are entertainment lawyers who do TV, film, books, music, all of it. I mostly do music, but that's mainly because that's my interest area. And I have enough there to keep me busy. But a lot of entertainment lawyers will do a more broad practice. So you can specialize in any of those areas. And I don't go to court. I'm not a litigator. Something that you'll learn very quickly is that there are commercial lawyers that handle mostly contracts, negotiation outside the courtroom, regulatory compliance, things like that. And then there are the courtroom lawyers who take the disputes before the judge. And so I knew very early on that I didn't want to do that type of work. It's not, I'm a deal maker, relationship builder. That's how I am as a person. So it wasn't a great fit for me in litigation. However, some people just love to be in court and preparing arguments and making their case to a judge. So that's the other way. So a day in my life involves contracts, emails to clients, negotiations on the phone, answering problems, solving problems. Uh, InterAlia also has a broader business where we help in-house lawyers who work in companies get things done and make their departments efficient. And my team does technology contracts with startups and all kinds of interesting other work. So on our team, we try to be at the intersection of media, technology, and entertainment. Keeps things really interesting. And it allows us to take our interests and apply them to the law. So that's a that's a day in the life,
0: I would say. Right, yeah. There's so much to do. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions out there in terms of becoming a lawyer is that you have to do work in litigation. And everyone is like, oh, to prepare for law school, I get into debate and learn how to really master that skill. But in reality, the law is, so much more than that. And, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it. And if you're not super huge in, on litigation, then there's different ways for you to get involved as a lawyer. Okay. So that's super awesome. And another thing that we try to promote here on Future Lawyer Serrano is the intersectionality between law and different areas of work as well, including that of business. So this next question for you is considering that, you know, you're the founder of interalia Law, how do you see your skills and experiences built as a lawyer kind of seep into, you know, your business realm? And, and that aspect of your work?
1: That is a great question. I love the business side and I think that the lawyers who love the business side tend to also set up the businesses and then other lawyers that enjoy the practice of law, you know, doing it all day long. I mean, neglected to mention, but because I run inter law, a large portion of my day involves running the firm, hiring the team, finding good lawyers, bringing in clients, that kind of stuff, which is all a piece of my day in addition to the actual lawyer work. So if you are someone someone who's interested in business, there are a couple of really great ways to do, uh, take your law degree and apply it in business. You can work inside a company as an in-house lawyer. Basically what that means is your only client is the company. So in my case, when I was at Universal, they were my only client. I was a lawyer, there was a team of us and we didn't advise other people. We only advised that one company for a while, eight years in my case. Now, within the legal business too, as we evolve as a profession, there's so much to do if you're interested in technology, automation, artificial intelligence, all of that is going to play a huge role in how law is practiced in the future. This is not the law that it was when I started in 2001. I graduated law school. So 20 years ago, law looked very different on every possible level. There's still some stuff that looks the same about it. But I think when you look into the future, there's so much to be done and so many different ways that the law can be applied. So any interest in business to me is just helpful in law. I use it every day. I network. I build relationship. I use math. It's not true that there's no math in the practice of law. There is some, not a lot, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah. So business skills are very helpful and will be even more so in the future, I think.
0: Awesome. That's so amazing. It's really great to just kind of let people see that there's so much more you can do, even with a law degree. Like it doesn't necessarily mean you have to become a lawyer, but yeah, like super interesting. And I think for a lot of people, it's a great moneymaker too. So <laughs> it's an added bonus, I guess. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely it's a safe path to a job of some variety. It doesn't have to be a lawyer job. But it's not the most I mean, certainly there are in business, you can make a lot more money than in law. So the lawyers will often bill by the hour, and the business people will like sell the company for a bajillion dollars or whatever. So some it's not necessarily I think I went into it thinking being from a small town in Alberta, thinking that the lawyers were sort of in, at the top of the financial pyramid, and they can I think that law is definitely a great way to make a living. But if I was solely interested in money, I would say there are a lot of ways to make money that are maybe easier than the law path. <laughs> so It's a part of it, but I wouldn't say it's the number one overriding objective.
0: Awesome. No, that's super great. And yeah, so I think after talking about business, like something else that I wanted to kind of talk about is political science. I know you mentioned that you studied political science back in the University of Calgary. So yeah, we were kind of wondering, like that's a very common path that a lot of lawyers tend to take. Like in their undergrad, they tend to do political science. So we were kind of wondering, like, what do you think are the pros and cons of taking poli-sci?
1: I loved poli-sci. I took poli-sci with a minor in English. I wanted to go to law school before I even went to the University of Calgary. So that was my designed path to go to law school. It was not an accident. It was purely to go to law school. I think the advantage of political science for me was the argument. So there's a lot of arguing in political papers. I think it's sort of grappling with the issues in political science. That's what I enjoyed about it. Not to say that doesn't happen in other disciplines. And what I really enjoyed about political science as a lead-up is that I had a bit of exposure to the Canadian legal system through my coursework in undergrad. So I wrote my thesis on the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and some of the interpretations that were being made at the time. And that was a political science paper, but it's a legal document part of our constitution. We then learned about it in first-year law. So I think it's less of a leap subject matter-wise from poli-sci to law. However, some of the best lawyers in our class, our law students came from business backgrounds. Engineering is an increasingly common pre cursor to law. One of the students I know was in music as her undergrad and she was one of the top people at her law school. So what I would be looking for if I really wanted to go to law school in today's day and age, I'd look for something with real discipline and rigor to it because that I think is the key skill and then also the ability to write and do a lot of reading. Although the profession is changing, the nuts and bolts of legal education have not changed very much.
0: Yeah, that's something I hear a lot. It's like if you aren't able to read properly or turn- of like you know being able to like quickly skim through and absorb lots of information from text quickly then maybe law might be a little challenging as there's a lot of that like i can imagine going through contracts as well like it's really detail-oriented so making sure that you're able to read through all of those it's really great that you mentioned that so do you have any regrets related to becoming a lawyer the process or something you wish that you did or didn't do
1: Um, regret? No, not about once I got into law. One thing I would say is, and I am very vocal about this. I teach the business of law to in a number of different contexts. I speak about being a lawyer. My podcast is largely about being happy as a lawyer. This profession has some real challenges. It's a tough profession. It's very stressful being responsible for clients, you know, their life, really. I mean, I'm responsible for clients songs you know their business it's, it's a lot of pressure at times and so you've got to be pretty engaged with it that's why i always recommended finding an area that you enjoy if i have a regret I would say that I was so focused on law school at the time that I didn't really ever look at anything else before law school. So I had my undergraduate thesis advisors, for example, said to me, you know, Darlene, you might not like law school. It's a lot of taking the cases and then telling what they say. It's distilling information. And they said, you're kind of a thinker. You like to say what's possible. Like, where could we go with this? And what they were pointing out to me was, you know, what the skill of law is, is quite different than who you are as a person and so you know over my life i've taken that and incorporated into my practice but and i found a practice area that does align very well with who i am But i would say if i had a regret i would say i wish that i had been serious about the idea that there might be other jobs out there because that was not me i came from first generation university like my parents didn't go to university they said you can be anything you want doctor lawyer you choose totally up to you only one of those two though (laughs) (laughs) All right. yeah. <laughs> it can't be anything else. And when I look back, now that I've been in the music industry so long, people have jobs as a radio DJ or a television producer or a wardrobe designer or a makeup artist. And they're really high-level jobs to do them well. So I think that's my only regret. I think once I got into law, I've made my way. I've found the path that works within law. One of the great things about law is that you can do so many things with a law degree. You don't have to practice law. It will still be helpful to you. Like, that's the great thing about a law degree. But it wasn't as expensive to go to law school when I went. Oh so my. I don't know if I would do the same today <laughs> okay. at these rates.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing. And that's really great. I mean, I think a lot of people can empathize with you when we have such limited options in terms of like what's asked of us career wise. I know I personally empathize. It's either like doctor, lawyer, engineer. It's got to be one of those three. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I hope our viewers also resonating with that. I also have another question. What do you mean by the profession of law is changing? Do you mind elaborating on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. I'll give you a very concrete example that you may appreciate. When I started as a summer student at a law firm in 1999, I was a first-year summer student. And the partners would say, oh, you're just the fastest summer student. We're just really impressed with your speed of work. And I was like, oh, really? Why? And they're like, oh, you just use email. (laughs) (laughs) I was like oh, is that not what people do at the firm? And they were like, no, not really. Like we've never emailed communications like this before. We normally would put them in an envelope. So the technology of law just evolves constantly, just like the way that you communicate, the speed of change. But on top of that, the basic level, so the equivalent of that technological shift now is that there was a time when all of this really manual, boring work had to be done by lawyers. There was no other way. So when I was a student in the early 2000s, we would have to comb through documents by hand with a pen. And now machines read those documents. So the skill set of the lawyer is different now. The training is different. The way that you learn is different. And so much of it involves interacting with technology in a way that is, I think, brand new. And then on top of that, we've got more sophisticated clients. So you've all, you know, accepted Instagram's terms of service, whether or not you've read them. There's a facility with contracts now that was not the case en masse when I first went to law school. So I find that clients have an awareness from the internet, a lot of information, they're fairly informed, and it keeps lawyers on our toes. We have to be more tuned to customers. Service. We have to be smart about brand and it's a more interesting business than it was when I started.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, you hear a lot about how like, you know, this huge influx of technology and society like rapidly developing and how it really affects, you know, all these different areas of our life, including the work. So would you say that's something that is important to know, like as a lawyer, like going in, like keeping up to date with, you know, all the new technology that's being used? Like, is that a big part of what you do as well?
1: It is. It is an increasingly bigger part of what we do. And it's also something that if you have an interest in efficiency and changing process and stuff like that, there's a whole area of law called legal operations, where it's people who understand processes and systems, and they're trying to make law firms more efficient. I personally am very interested in that area. Not everyone is. Again, it's like a sort of law adjacent skill set, but it's one that is very rewarding when you're actually helping a company work more efficiently and have their contracts sail through instead of getting stuck. And I find that part really, really. Rewarding. And it, again, not everyone is interested in it, but it's right. exciting to me.
0: <laughs> no, that's so that's so great. Of course, that's super awesome. And thank you so much for sharing. I know we've got a couple of other questions kind of related to that and the idea of efficiency. So would you say that you've achieved like a work-life balance and they wanted to know a little bit more about your podcast as well?
1: Okay. So when I started Interalia in 2013, what I was looking for was what I was calling at the time work-life integration. So in 2013, Interalia was formed as a virtual law firm. I've always worked from home. I have two children under the age of seven and they were both born while my business was in place. So while Interalia was being built, so too were these two kids coming along. So I really think that for me, it's been about sort of designing my day. People think that work-life balance is sort of working less or, you know, to me, it's just flexibility. It's just that I work when I can work. I'm with my kids as a priority, work comes second. And then I always know what I need to get accomplished in a day and I just get it accomplished whenever that happens. I don't spend time commuting. I don't spend time in a lot of recurring meetings. And I've just kind of designed everything about my schedule to facilitate what I want in my life, which is that I want my kids to see me every day, many hours a day. They're barely aware that I work, which now that they're getting older, I think I can maybe tweak that so that they have some appreciation for what's happening. <laughs> I think there's some balance but yeah so I work life balance is for me not work and life imbalance it's sort of like I have a life And in my life, I work and I need to keep that in some sort of reasonable proportion to my actual values in my life. So that's the first bit. And then the second bit is a lawyer life podcast. And I do it with my co-host, Mike, who is also a lawyer editor Alia, And we just put this together three years ago, because although everyone who goes into law school really wants to go to law school very badly, strangely, there's this phenomenon where a lot of lawyers are very unhappy in their profession. And it has to do with sort of all of the things that get you to law school. Hard work, competitiveness, needing to win, ego, all the stuff that I wouldn't have been able to identify in undergrad kind of gets out of control in a law profession. And so Mike and I have got this podcast where we just wanted to give back and help lawyers sort of look at things like mindfulness and addiction and things that are really holding lawyers back as a profession and, and talk about them. So we've been doing that for three years and it's been really fun. The podcast has been a great way to meet other people with similar interests in law and just connect With people. People know where to find me, they know what we're about, and it helps us build into Elliot. So, it's not all about law. Non-lawyers do listen to it, but it is called the Lawyer Life Podcast.
0: Awesome, yeah. I know, I've listened to a few episodes myself, so I definitely Mm -hmm. recommend you check it out. I did have a few questions ready for you about some of the things you talked about in your episodes, because they're really good and really insightful. But do you have any advice in getting started with music or entertainment law?
1: I do. I think one of your questions, and it sort of underlies a bunch of questions that you've asked, but networking and really relationship building and being generous with your time and mindful of other people's time from an early age is honestly the best skill that I can recommend no matter what type of law. So there is a culture of giving back in the profession and helping people coming up behind you. So in music and entertainment law, that's actually one of the most important things about our bar of lawyers is that we all remember when we couldn't get in, wanted to get in. Everyone has been there in our, uh, the bar is like the group of people who practice music law. That's what we call so so I would just say consider everyone you meet as part of your future network that it's a very small world in Canada in Toronto although it seems like a big city very small world so I find that it's a lot about just starting the way that you want your whole career to go because someone will give you a hand if you stay in touch and you do all the right things and you know I've personally seen law students volunteering at music conferences they come and introduce themselves to me because I spoke on a panel and I keep in mind I keep them top of mind mind. And if something comes up, I say, okay, there's this thing. So it's about a lot of networking. I would say, try to follow the industry so that you know it. And this is true for whatever area anyone is interested in. But all the research that I did reading Billboard and Rolling Stone and knowing who was on the top of the chart, all of that became relevant when I came into the industry. So those are probably my top tips, I would say, and really enjoy contracts and drafting.
0: Right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Sorry, speaking on networking, do you hold- Volunteer opportunities at your firm.
1: So interestingly, Interalia so far, and this may not be true in the future, but I built Interalia as a place for people who had been at a large firm first and then went in-house at a business. So everyone at Interalia has been in law for more than twelve years, and we're all virtual. So I actually don't think Interalia is the best place to get a first law experience because there is no physical office. So I would say develop the experience where you can be in the office if you're going to volunteer. Time because with a virtual firm, I don't know that you'd get a very good sense of how we all operate as an early stage volunteer. That would be my take. We currently don't even take articling students or summer students, but that may change in the future. I always say to people, keep in touch because things can change. Because we used to be a one person firm and now we are like more than 10 and things move along. So who knows?
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. One more question. Okay, Um, let's do it. Awesome. So, did you work during law school, like while you were studying? Okay.
1: Did I work in law school? Yes. So I did. It's going to sound funny, but yes, I waitressed while I was in law school only in second year. So first year I did not work, but tuition was not what it is today when I went to law school. So I think I probably would have had to work if I went now, but in second year I did work. I waitressed until about November in second year. It was a good experience actually. It kept me very humble, very grounded. Anything in the service industry is an excellent training ground for lawyering. Awesome. Very good. Especially working at a firm because the tables like you have to deal with your difficult table at a big law firm. you got to deal with the difficult partner or it's not an irrelevant skill I use it often all my time in the service industry but yes and in third year I feel like it did not work I went on exchange in third year so
0: oh that's so funny you bring that up because I hope to go on exchange soon as well everyone I've talked to always says it's like a great experience and you really learn so much just by you know studying in a new environment yeah so it's been super super amazing learning from you today I'm sure Everyone will really appreciate all the insight and the advice. I definitely think I've personally learned a lot, especially in regards to the importance of contracts in law in entertainment and the music industry. So that's super great. And just to wrap up, if there is one piece of advice that you have for today, what would it be?
1: One piece of advice to future law students? Yes. I would say be really sure that you want to be a lawyer and do exactly what you're doing, which is meet lawyers, talk to lawyers, understand it. It's a huge commitment to go to law school. It's a lot of work. It takes over a big chunk of your life. And a lot of lawyers do go through and they find out afterwards, but that's not what I like. I don't like doing that. That's a very expensive lesson. And I think that part of why I wanted to be involved today is I think the place to have these discussions is before law school. There's so many things you can be, and I think so so many people are in law school because they're smart kids from art and I Mm -hmm. think that there's a real worry that you've got a you know 4.0 average and a bachelor of political science and there's going to be no hope for you and that's not my experience I think that once you take law out of the sights there is a lot of other stuff going on. With that said though, if it is for you, it can be a really rewarding career but I would not take the decision lightly and I wouldn't do it just because your parents are suggesting that law is the place for you. They have probably not unless you have lawyer parents and I don't know many lawyer parents who insist that their children be lawyers so i will leave that there as my last piece of advice i'm trying to get my son to be a drummer and i don't know yet about my daughter because she's only four but that's what we're trying
0: that's amazing. Oh, and you can, you know, practice within the family as well. <laughs> do yes, something.
1: I can do his contracts, help <laughs> him get signed, Where should he choose. Currently, he won't practice his guitar, so it doesn't seem like it's going well. Often.
0: Yeah, as a piano player, I know the struggles of practicing, so uh, I, can, uh, I sympathize with that.
1: <laughs> really. Anyway, thank you for having me. I really have enjoyed it, and I hope this is helpful to everyone who might come across it.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, we really do appreciate your time, and yeah, thank you so. Thank you so much.